There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy, which means I get my other guy with me. And Jacob Padilla, it is Nebraska Preps postgame. Another week. I don't feel as lonely. I got friends. I saw Jacob multiple times this weekend. I'm feeling good. Now, I don't know if it's good for you, the podcast consumers, if we're in the same place at the same time, but you're guaranteed to probably get different perspectives. It makes things a little bit easier than trying to communicate over one of us on on, on a stream, the other sitting in the in the studio. Yeah. So. so we were we're together in studio and we were in multiple gyms together. How yeah. about that? Yeah, busy. I mean, start of June. I had no idea your back was to me. <laughs> oh, like yeah. I I just looked over my shoulder and you're watching one game on one court and I'm watching one <laughs> game on the other court. And we're just talking. I'm like, we should probably be Enjoying the games as opposed yeah. to working. But it's just, it's inevitable. We're going to compare and contrast. Yeah. A lot going on this past week. Yeah, and talking uh, there about the Miller North Hoop Fest, which basically was kind of the unofficial start for the summer. It was the first thing that I attended for June um, with, with, obviously, kids getting back with their high school teams and getting ready to, to compete and try to impress their coaches and earn spots and figure out roles and all that sorts of stuff that's important to, to build up towards uh, the, the regular season. Yeah, when you're – so do you think – because we were kind of talking about the the lineup and who's going to be at the invite, and Brian has done the invite for a while. Do you think without the Miller North invite, the teams playing in the Brian invite are different? That's what I was wondering because – Central double-dipped. There were a couple teams that double dipped. Yeah, they had, they only had fifteen teams in the the field this year, um, and three of them were uh, JV teams essentially, second teams for Bryan Central um, and uh, Millard West. So um, that's, I mean, in terms of trying to see as many different teams as possible, that that's a little disappointing. Uh, ho- hopefully, they can get that back uh, kind of situated. Yeah, because this is usually a, a pretty good tournament to start the year. You've seen some good teams come through and win this thing. Completely um, agree. But uh, didn't have the depth in it, but there were still um, some some teams that, that made impressive runs and that uh, that certainly caught my eye. It, it, do you want to start with that? Or do you want to start with the Miller North? What we saw in that one. So, some of these, and we also saw the, the I saw the Monday Night Varsity League. So, so some of the same teams playing in these these various deals. But any takeaways from that first thing? I guess we can start with Miller North. Yeah, I almost wanted to back all the way up to the Varsity League too, but so. Let's start there because there's so much, yeah. right? Any surprises? I think you had a pretty good idea. Any surprises with who landed where in terms of rosters? Not really. I think we had yeah. figured out for the most part who was going to uh, end up where. Um, I, I don't think there were any that really kind of caught us off guard. There there were a few that uh, kind of switched up from what I think that the plan initially was. Uh, but for the most part, I think um, it's pretty solid. Not didn't didn't show up and like, oh hey, who, 
when, when did you get here? Um, so I guess probably the latest one that I heard about was Amir Martin at Bryan. Yeah. Um, and he's certainly impressed. But um, Carson Healy and a uh, couple, to, couple to of Amirs back playing yeah. with each other too. The familiarity from Nebraska Express. You have one Amir going with another Amir and with Bynum and Martin. And, and Martin, right? And so it's like. Yeah, and so so that uh, I, Donnie Barfield um, going to Brian uh, really thought I, was, I at heard the eleventh and a half hour yeah, he was going to be at Westside. That's what I was told. So I was like, "Oh, hey, it's <laughs> yeah." That that uh, surprised a few people, you know, because he had done most of his workouts after school. He was coming yeah. to Westside, and they rolled out a couple of big guns, and you know, he worked out with Caleb Mitchell, Caleb Benning, Kevin Stubblefield. That's, I mean, that's the the trio yeah. that, uh, along with Advati, that that's going to kind of be doing the varsity thing at Westside. And so I think Westside felt good, but uh, the, the the Crawford clan, the, the, <laughs> the, the relationship with the Barfield family, the Brian ties, it is strong. So, yeah. I mean, wishing Donnie the best because he's fantastic. And I'm going to say this real quick about Brian. Both basketball – and dare I say football. Now, I'm going to give you some context. I'm talking the Benson, South, Northwest teams that haven't historically kind of had good numbers, had volume in OPS in terms of football. Brian was a was a cut above. Pretty impressed with what's going on at Brian athletically, both in basketball. Obviously, we love the gay and gully higher. Yeah. Football has good numbers too. They got a fantastic running back. I'm kind of feeling a little bit of this Brian vibe. Yeah. yeah and Galen's done a good job. And uh, while we're talking about him, they made it all the way to the final uh, of, of their tournament. Um, and they, with the, with the additions they've got, um, they, they do have an impressive five with uh, Amir Martin, uh, Elijah McCullough, Isaiah Jackson, Amari Bynum and Matt Tutt. Like that's a pretty darn good five, especially um, I mean, you're relying a lot on, on those young guys for offensive production, and with that, you'll be there'll be some peaks and valleys. Um, they, I mean, those guys basically almost single-handedly they scored 20 apiece, Amari and Amir in, in the semi against Lincoln Southwest, and Lincoln Southwest has a pretty darn good pair of uh, sophomores themselves with Chuck Love and Brayden Frager, uh, and Ryland Smith wasn't, and I, Aiden Welch both were out of town this weekend, so they were. Uh, it was kind of those two running the show, and then they're trying to find some depth from some younger guys. But um, that that was an impressive show, and like some of the shots that those guys were hitting down the stretch. Like, I there's nothing, difficulty. There's nothing you could do about them. They they were just uh, like next level talented shots. They, but then in the the final, Amari uh, uh, cramped up like a few minutes in, like open the game with the dunk, and then that was his only uh, only play of the game. Really cramped up and wasn't able to go back. And they, they we saw cramps as, as an issue. Jaden Jackson had it late as we get into the middle of North invite, and there were a lot of guys cramped. Let me ask you something, because we cover both sports, um, hopefully equally as well. Are you surprised that physicality is as important as it is in basketball when we relate it to football? Because I look at some of the young talent, and this is how I kind of bottom line it. Those that can handle the physicality the best, the touching, the bumping, the you know the rubbing the coming off ball screens 
those will be the teams whose young guys, the the Reeses, the the, the Bryson Balls, the the Amaris, the Amirs, the folk, the BJs, those folks that are younger playing at a high level. It's still for me right now. Can they handle the physicality? Because that ultimately, I think, was the difference on Sunday. Well, and that is a big deal of going from eighth grade. And we're to high talking school. hoops, like, yeah. And, and these kids, these kids are skilled. They're plenty skilled, plenty of talented. Uh, it's just there's a difference between doing it against uh, kids your own age and doing it against seventeen, eighteen year olds who have been in the weight room for a few years. And it's not like we're not talking bad boy pissings, guys shoving around, but. On the glass, getting your position, getting to your spots. Just a simple sitting down in your sport. defense. If I touch yeah. your hip, do I? Are you dislodged from the ball? Do I knock you off? Yeah. Boxing out. Yeah. Right where you athletically could just jump over a guy. A guy puts a hip into you. Can you handle that? Yeah. And challenge going, trying to finish over vertical challenges around the basket. Like that's a huge deal. Like there are guys you can see it. Like man, how about uh, the rigor in minutes? Yeah. Exerting energy over 24 minutes against your own age versus 26 32, minutes against yeah. older guys is tough. Yeah, for, for sure. So that's, uh, I mean, it's good for the, those young kids that are coming up and playing freshmen and sophomores that are playing with their varsity teams this month. And that's why we talk about the, the importance of this month. I mean, the guys we know about already, like you, they already – um, like they, they could play, they could not play. The, the, the most be fine. The guys that are coming back as returning starters, returning key players. This month really is for the rest of the guys that are trying to earn roles, that are trying to figure out how they can contribute at the varsity level. Yeah, hold uh, that thought because I got a team when we get to Miller North that I want to know if you're going to hold that same consensus to. Yeah. Um, so like you mentioned Southeast and th- those – B.J. Bradford, he was a guy last year that slight, very small, but he was he was – uh, he was not shy. That kid is fearless. And Southeast made a nice run. They the, they uh, they won the, the 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 Brian shootout, knocked off uh, the Bears in the championship, and they they had the benefit of kind of having all their guys there. Um, they they were pretty full squad. There's one one senior that that's injured right now that won't play this summer, but for the most part, they had all their other guys there, including Jake Hilkman, who transferred who I, from Lincoln who, who North. Who I think in Lincoln will, is. Is the biggest, I guess you could call them acquisition. Yeah. Uh, between that handful of teams, because, and, and hear my heart, because you know I love him as a player, but it's not so much the individual skill of Hilkeman, it's the variation of what he brings to that team. Yeah. That I think really diversifies their portfolio. He's a he does dirty work. He's tough. Goes hard. He he plays on both ends of the floor. He's a good balance to some of the 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 pretty style <laughs> that that BJ and those guys add as as the skill. And he's kind of that connector piece, and because they've got the the size with Wade Voss, with Bangot Dak, um, Daniel Schaefer is the injured player. I'm curious to watch Dak's um, evolution. Yeah, and so and BD he's starting. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Starting to figure some things out. I'll be, um, I'm, he's, he's, he's a guy. I'm write that down. But you're good at this. Yeah. Jacob Padilla brings up BD Southeast. He's somebody that I'm like, ooh, if he starts to develop. And he's, you go, BD six eight or six nine. Uh, Voss is six six. Really good post player. Uh, Schaefer is kind of a six five six six stretch big. Then you got the guards with Tay Moore and B.J. Bradford that'll start together in the backcourt. You've got Mari Shoemaker, who's another sophomore guard, um, who, who's smaller as well. Jake's that kind of in-between piece, 6'4 wing. He can play the four. He can play the three. He can handle the ball in transition. He can defend big if he needs to. So he's kind of that piece that completes their, uh, their rotation a little bit and gives them some versatility, whereas now you're not running out all like six four guard or six, uh, sub-six-foot guards with your one or two bigs. Um, now you can kind of match up better defensively. And um, so that, that, that group really played well. Den Geet transferred from Lincoln Southwest. I think he um, is a nice little addition as well. Um, played well. He didn't, wasn't a standout at any point, but did his, played his role well. He finished. Uh, he moved the ball. Um, he was in the right spot a lot of times. So uh, they've definitely got uh, a deep team with a lot of guys that I think are trying to figure out, all right, are these guys going to be in the rotation or are they a year away? Because um, he, he, uh, um, Joey Warning definitely has some options there to kind of figure out, all right, how, when I narrow this down, who's going to be in the actual roster come the season? I'm, I'm writing that down again because it's, it's the same question I asked earlier about the freshman. Can he play? Can he not play? This one was in the rotation or are you a year away? <laughs> Continue to hold that thought because it's going to be the same team. Yeah. Um, I guess other standouts from the Bryant shootout, Lincoln Southwest, um, they semifinalists, they, they made it there again with Chuck Love and Brian Frager kind of being the lead guys. Um, they're definitely going to need more out of Lucas Helms than, than what he showed this weekend. I know he's capable of it because um, uh, especially without Ryland there, um, you need another guy that can create reliability consistency. Because I think Frager is still at this point, he's kind of more of a finisher than he is a play creator. And conversely, I think Chuck Love is still more of a perimeter player. He's got, he's one of those guys. He's going to come up a lot in discussion, right? Highly skilled, he can shoot it. He's long. He's he's got a, he's got to put some more tools. I think in his toolbox. Not afraid to say he's got to get a little tougher. Got to get a little mentally stronger, and he's got to get downhill. Because right now what teams do is they crowd him. And if he's not getting good looks off of created space, then sometimes you don't see him. He's got to do more off the bounce, in my opinion. And that's, again, like I mentioned before, that's what this month is for, especially with Rylan on vacation. Chuck, you go get a handle of the ball. You get to be one yeah. of the lead guys on this team. Kind of same thing for Braden, figuring out, all right, how, how can I be effective? Um, those guys were their leading scorers basically every game that I saw for them. Um, and so that's kind of what we're seeing those guys, all right, have the chance to, to be the lead guys for, for this team. 
and hopefully that'll pay dividends once they do get everybody back and they're playing together and things kind of fit together better. Um, other uh, bias here, but uh, one of the better performances <laughs> I saw was from Zach Granchinette, Miller uh, West. He, he's played for me for two years now, and um, kid who broke his ankle a couple games into the season, basically missed his entire junior year. Changed their trajectory a uh, little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, and he. He would have been a starter there, would have been one of their leading scorers, and just had to miss the entire year. And he got back. He literally got cleared the week we started practice. So he basically four months, four or five months without any basketball activity, came back, started practicing, played with us right away. And um, he had a really good spring for a shot, 42% from three, just efficient three-level score. Comes out uh, and drops 28 points, shot, hit its first six threes before – kind of taking a, like, step back because the game's over at the end of the game, finally missing one uh, against Lincoln Southeast. wasn't enough to get the win, but um, it was a really impressive performance. And I was sitting with uh, some of the uh, the Southeast parents over in the, the crowd and, like, they're yelling, don't let number five get open. Somebody guard him. <laughs> it's it kind of funny I listened to that, but it was good to see Zach kind of have that. Fortunately, he rolled his so – kid, like, rolled up on him uh, – in their first game on Sunday, and so he sat out both those games. But he was back playing last night uh, in, in the varsity league. Um, and, and then the Malachi Washington. Uh, I, I tried, Boys, Boys Town's yeah, finest. Between uh, the, the two games at, at Bryan and then one game I watched, I, I watched them against Wahoo in the D.C. West camp. Those are 16-minute halves. Uh, 30 and 10, or 31 and 10, 20 and 11, 20 and 8 are the three games <laughs> that he's put up. And he's done it. Uh, on like ridiculous efficiency, he's uh, yeah, like eleven of eighteen, eight of ten from the field, nine of eleven. He's four of eight from three in those three games, and he's hitting a f- few jumpers off off the dribble. He's got not, uh, nine blocks in those three games. Like he is going to put up some ridiculous numbers in in, uh, in C1 this year. Yeah, you look at his frame, tremendous legs. He's another TNE guy, Coach Mitchell's program. Saw him as a 6th, 7th, 8th grader. Great level of athleticism for him is, can Coach Crable and company, hey, stay with me. You believe in me, stay with me, stay with me. If you do, he plays hard. He's a really good athlete to be as strong as he is. He has got a tremendous frame. He does not lack for muscularity, definition, athleticism. For him, it's... It's just continuing to grow the the basketball IQ and to stay the course when it gets tough. Yeah, for sure. And so he, he's been one of definitely the best players that, that I've seen so far one week into June, um, pl- kind of being that guy for, for Boys Town. They had a couple different guards in and out of the rotation. Nari Poteet is a, a guard that played fairly well for them, shot the ball well. But um, it, it really is Malachi. I mean, he had, uh, again, that 31 31- – 31 points, and he hit a ridiculous, like, double-clutch fading three-pointer to send the game to overtime against Brian uh, in the quarterfinals. Like, that was one. That was probably the best game of the, the entire tournament. Um, and weren't quite able to pull it out at the end, but he, he was an absolute monster in, in that game. And um, he's – hopefully he'll continue to, to kind of build on this and have a, have a good uh, July once he gets back with ETG because the 17 is definitely a need. Um, some production inside from a, a guy like him. It's th- those kind of my standouts from that. You want to hop back to, to Miller North real quick, and I think you mentioned uh, you mentioned me when we were walking out of the place. Kind of your main takeaway, and I kind of had the same deal. 
Yeah, um, so yeah. for me, it, we're talking, it, it's at the end of the yeah. day too, right? Yeah. And I looked right at you and I said, the, the team of the invite, without question, has to be Omaha Scott. Yeah. Right? You didn't bat an eye. And you're not the type. So I don't know if, how much time people will spend with you or don't or listen to you. You're very hard to talk into and out of something. You're very principled. You you, you do data. You keep research. I'm not going to just say it and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Like, you're going to put it to the test. You didn't bat an eye. You said no question who's beating them in Class B. Now, I did say, in full disclosure, I said, well, we said that last yeah. year, and Ron Colley got him, and you said to me, uh, there's no Jake Orr's, there's no, like, the, there's nobody out there right now in Class B. Yeah, yeah there, there's a Connor Milliken uh, at, at Platteview, and he got a little bit of help with, with some transfers there, but the, the the thing about Scud, and they had this last year too, but I think that Ron Colley had some different level of athletes and and length, and again, they were the only ones that beat Scott. Um, so I, I don't know that there's a team that is as equipped to battle a team that has. They were six, unbelievably good. Six eight, six nine, six six in Class B. Scott is one of the biggest teams in the state. Like there, are, most Class A teams don't have the kind of size that they, they do. They annihilated Miller North in the opener. Yeah, and that one got my attention. Like Miller North was literally scratching their heads. Like what happened? I think they scored thirty eight or thirty nine points or something like that in the loss. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, is this the same thing? Because I always try to compare it to something. So I pitted against. Westside versus Scut a year ago at Scut's place for kind of that that open invite. It was a scrimmage. Yeah. This Scut team is better than last year's Scut team. That Westside ended up blowing out in the in the invite. They didn't hate Scut didn't even have everybody healthy. Yeah. But Miller North figured out in a hurry. This isn't about talent. It's not about who can we bring in. It's not about anything other than chemistry and efficiency. Scott hammered those guys yeah. from the jump. And it wasn't uh, from yeah. the jump. And it wasn't even a game where like JJ Farron just absolutely went off, hit seven or eight threes. Like he's capable of doing that in any given game, but he played, he was solid. It was a combination of Farron and Brack and a couple of these other guys um, that just. I mean, Scholl, Mitch Scholl missed the entire season last year. He hurt his knee um, first practice of the season, missed the whole year. So that's another piece you get back who would have started for them last year. You know what I think has been good for Mitch? His little brother. Oh, yeah. Right? You know that you can speak yeah. to this perhaps better than anybody, right? Older Now, they're closer in age uh, than you and Jordan, but the whole younger brother, older brother dynamic, Mitch sees – little brother kind of gets some love and here he comes and Mitch hasn't played could be a key role like internally that has to stoke his fire a little bit and right and am I a, making that up and that's another six five six six so you got four guys dude how much over, does he help DTG 15s yeah and so that's the thing like they they lose some pretty good players from last year's senior yeah. class. James yes. Nindafu did a whole lot for them, and that is going to put more on J.J. Farron. Like, you got to be the guy every game. You can't be just uh, hit five threes in one game and then not score in another. Like, they need you every single game, and you have a chance to handle the ball. 
you'll have a chance to be He's that arguably guy for this team. top five shooters in the state, yeah. though. I think he'll be able to figure it out. And so, um, obviously, he's got to step up, but they've got good players around him. Uh, and you've got some young guys coming up uh, with Brock Scholl at- adding size in that front court, size and skill. Uh, Kyle Cannon, I think, is a kid that is going to be able to play for them a little bit and help. He's a, he's a good passer, can shoot the ball. Uh, he's playing on the Adidas Gold team. He, he played JV for them as a freshman last year, which um, that's not easy to do. They like keeping their freshmen at the freshman yep. level. Um, like even like Brack and Scholl and those guys and Farron, they all played freshman ball as freshmen, and that was a really good class. How about the storyline developing? And not to go all scut 30-minute, half hour, but between Scholl and Brack, you're talking about two guys that could have fantastic final years that have had to push through injuries. Yeah. For sure, and that's that was a huge deal for Jake throughout his early career, and fortunately, he's been healthy over the last year and has a chance to really blossom. Uh, he had a great junior year, and uh, I think he's still kind of figuring out his place on uh, with that, uh, yeah. that Nebraska Supreme team, kind of figuring out all right, where does he fit in? Uh, I know he started working out with Thomas Villianco, um, friend of the pod, who does a great job down there in Lincoln. I, I think that'll definitely help him kind of get his confidence back and. But you see him playing back there with Scud, and um, he's just doing what he does. Just uh, he's so fundamentally sound. So that that's that's a tough group. You got uh, Wyatt Archer there as uh, kind of, and Gabe Edstrand, who are two great think, think role Archer, players. I think Archer comes from good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole family is yeah. fantastic. And, and those are guys like those are great role players to go with an otherwise talented like starting lineup. You got guys that are going to move the ball. They're going to take an open shot. In Gabe's case, Wyatt's going to attack the basket hard in transition. And both those guys are going to defend. And that's the thing about Scud is one through five, Kyle Jurgens gets those guys defending. Yeah. And they he are coached, so hard to score even, on. Even in the invite, he was coaching hard. Oh, yeah. uh, how about the final one between them and, and, and Gretna, which was. Gretna's another team. Like, they look good to start the year. Um, Joey Veith wasn't playing uh, in that. And but... I saw him again in, in, in the high school. He's kind of hobbling around a little bit. He was playing he, last he, night did, in the didn't varsity partici- Didn't participate in 7-on-7 seven seven this morning, which is fine in football. But they um, – he, he did, I think, uh, kind of roll an ankle or something yeah. last night. But he, he was playing. Gret- Gretna interests me a little bit because I think that's one of those teams where people have now tried to just say, okay, listen – we know they're well coached between Coach Hurd, Coach Feekin. We think we know what we're getting with Pekorski and Wilcoxon. How can we adjust? And can they handle the athleticism that I think we'll get? That's why I'm I'm very excited and I'm kinda hoping, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, that Wilcoxon stays with ETG <laughs> on the on the sixteens because I'm excited to see him play with other dynamic guys in the back court and in the front court, right, where he doesn't have to shoulder the load. But having said that, it's amazing how some of these schools, Scott's one, Gretna was another, uh, who else effort? Um, there are just some schools, regard- Westview, who's highly competitive. There are just some coaches who do not compromise effort. So if it's spring, if it's summer, if it's high school league, you know that when you pl- when they tip that ball, you better bring maximum effort, man. Like Gretna is, de- how intense was hurt on the sidelines? He yeah, he mean, was making my head hurt. I'm like, this guy is all about 
I don't think he knows how to do it any other way. Are we maximizing? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Doesn't care about who they're playing, <laughs> what the score is. Are you the best version of yourself? Some of those games were fantastic. And Gretna, you talk about Scott. Gretna had the lead throughout that game, and then Scott just kind of warmed down, yep. pulled away in the second half of that too, game. Too big, too strong. Day. Yeah, too big, uh, too strong. And uh, like that's. And at that point, Jack Healy was gone. He, uh, he he didn't play the whole day. He had to take off early. So that's six nine and um, just that length and size. I, I, I and thought Scott was the most impressive team. They had the they had the best wins. Yeah, right. They hammered Miller North. They handled Gretna. I, I just I just felt like that was the team. Yeah, and it made sense, right? The most experience, or at least up there, right? West Side transitioning Miller North whole new team. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Now, Bellevue West, the Elkhorn South Bellevue West game, that was fun. Very. Yeah. It even got my attention because I still haven't got to the team that I want to talk yeah. about. <laughs> but that one was interesting because I'm watching another game at the very same time, and, and my back is to you as I'm watching Elkhorn South, and you're watching Elkhorn South and, and Bellevue West. Yeah, and Bellevue West ended up pulling that out in overtime. Uh, they had the lead. Elkhorn South kind of rowed went down there. Um, my guy Evan Warner knocked down a three to tie it up at the end of regulation, and then Elkhorn South got a stop in, in overtime. Warner hit another three. Bellevue West went back, uh, scored. They went back and forth, and Bellevue West basically got the, the ball last, and Josiah Dozer went in, finished through contact. They couldn't stop him, him off the bounce. No, and that that was that was like stealing. He's got to get the, the jumper down a little bit more consistent. That was kind of the one takeaway this weekend, and at least like me watching him play. He didn't shoot as well as he's capable of, and I think that's kind of the next key for him in terms of really um, at, at the next level. He's got to have that consistent to, let, to balance Let, let me out. ask you something about that because I'm, I'm, I'm Team Dotzler, and I watched him struggle shooting the ball. And I'm not comparing him to Kobe, but the analogy is, what if he just took what came to him 
versus the degree of difficulty in which is some of the shots that he takes. Because he's a good shooter. You watch him in the gym. The stroke is good. The mechanics are good. But he takes tough yeah. shots. And he shot a pretty good percentage last year, so I know he's capable of it. But I think maybe like him playing alongside Elvin Turner, that, that will allow, like as a kind of dual point guard backcourt, allow him to play off the ball a little bit more where he gets those catch and shoot. Both guys that are used to pounding the basketball into the ground. Yeah. So both of them being able to – because Turner's their next best ball handler. Yeah. And I think he's got to find a way to play, and he's going to play a ton – I love his competitiveness, but what happens when one of those guys doesn't have the ball? That's one of those things I want to watch. Yeah, and Jaden Jackson uh, had a good weekend. J- uh, had a, Jackson had team cramps. <laughs> Jackson Stuvey wasn't there this weekend, so we didn't get to see the the whole team. I, I think between guys that were on the team that aren't on this team anymore that would have played this year, um, a few guys there that um, would have been. I don't think. I think they're trying to find some depth still. Uh, obviously they're going to need it. Obviously you've got the good front court with Jacob Arope and uh, Robbie Garcia playing next to each other. You get Stuvie back. That'll add some more length and size, but um, they're still trying to figure out who's going to play off the bench for them. I, I, I think I stick something in real yeah. quick. Arope and Garcia are going to have to defend. Yeah. A liability at this point for both of them. What happens if you put both those guys in like two man games? Is that how you coach Padilla? Would go at both those guys because not nec- not very fleet of foot either one of them. Yeah, and I, I think that's where like in the regular season you can go smaller with with Stuvia as the four, uh, try to get some oh, more length out there. there. Um, you don't necessarily have to play them together the entire time, and both guys will, will have uh, an advantage offensively. I think where you can you can still win out that battle, especially once you get in season. You know, Doug Ward is going to have some good defensive schemes c- cooked up, and uh, I think they'll be mostly uh, all right on that end. Um, again, it's just can they find enough guys to um, – I, I don't think you'll be re- seeing them roll out 11 guys this year again. It'll be kind of more – I'm, tr- I'm more trying to count nine. Lineup. Yeah. Um, I think Steven Pulichek, uh, Hudson, uh, Hudson Ames are both guys that, are, uh, that have kind of worked their way up the, that are, uh, the ranks that are juniors now that are looking to play off that bench. They've got a few other guys. But, yeah, we'll have to see kind of maybe they don't necessarily have every single guy available. We'll see if there's some other JV guys that – played last year that maybe other sport kids or whatever we'll see kind of where they settle in once we, we get to the real thing but that's definitely I think going to be a key for them this month is finding depth no, no 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 wrong answer here but let me get your opinion relative to your expectation level not what they produce better outcome the young guys at Creighton Prep or the totality of Westview <laughs> Well, it's, uh, I think preps, it's Saturn Carter Brown playing out there with them. Uh, as that's a not Coach Ludke's <laughs> MO. And I'm telling you, that's the team that I wanted to talk about because you talk about rotation. Is it just this or is it freshman? That's not his style, but he has a couple of young guards. He's going to have to entertain playing. Yeah, They were much better than I thought. If you think Prep's best days are behind them. They got some good young guys in the fray. Yeah, and they've they're going to rely heavily on guys that played JV for them last year. And Prep usually has a good I love JV. their backcourt though. There um, can be they can get young if he wants to. Yeah, and Joey Richel is going to be a guy for them. I like Richel. They get him. Score. Hey, listen, it's Shoot almost like getting another free agent, right? Because he was hurt for so long. <laughs> 
Um, Rishal coming back for them is well, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. So prep was solid. Um, again, that mostly new guys. I think Rishal is the one real starter uh, back for them. They've got Emmett Knight who, who played a lot last year because of the injuries. Uh, but then you've got uh, the Clawson brothers, uh, Dylan and Jonan, playing a lot for them. This is where you go into the NBDA. The freshman tournament really helps the insight because they show big in their backcourt, and they got young guys that can play. Yeah. Um, North, North uh, you mentioned, got run off the floor uh, against Scott and then turned around, and, and they beat Westside. Yeah. And Which I think that's that – w- That was the worst four <laughs> minutes I had seen in quite some time from Westside. But, you know, Westside has got to figure out – they're trying to manage time without C.J. Mitchell. Yeah. You have one primary ball handler. And that, that is a big opportunity for Caleb to kind of – because obviously with, yeah. the, with the senior guards, with CJ, he's kind of been the, the utility guy. And he, at least so. he showed he could score, yeah. right? <laughs> like yeah. he, he, he can score the basketball. But here's the thing with them is they got to move the ball. Yeah. Still, when you turn it over in the backcourt and you get empty trips, you know, Eli Gaith, I, he hit – I think he went on a, his own 8-0 run. Neil Monster hit the three. They turned it over twice, and all of a sudden the league goes from it's 36-34 to the, like, they're up 11, and then you're trailing the rest of the time. Those are two teams that no love lost between the two of them, but I think they're both feeling their way along. Yeah, and Wes said I think they're trying to find some, like, offensive depth and, like, who's going to contribute some points uh, off the bench right now. Obviously, you've got some new guys stepping up because you had such a veteran team last year that, and that rotation was pretty hammered down. So now you've got those young guys that did play last year stepping into the, the main roles. And obviously, C.J. Mitchell is a big missing piece for that right now. But then you've got other guys that were just kind of in the program. Now they have to step up and play in those roles. So we'll see kind of how Westside comes Kevin together. Brown, Kevin yeah. Stubblefield. Nord North, I think, is that's going to be they're up and down at this point because they've got so many new guys and guys that I, I would say have been inconsistent and that are talented but that haven't been consistent yet. You know the thing that surprised me with them? They turned the ball over at a high rate. Well, I mean, and especially, I think, uh, against Scott, um, Luke Davis wasn't there, a senior point guard that can be uh, a guy that can settle things down a little bit. You had uh, Elijah kind of running the point. You had some other guys handling the ball, some younger guys, so... Um, I think that that'll help a little bit just having that veteran because uh, Luke's a uh, pretty good job at on both sides of the floor just running things, uh, pressuring the ball on defense, and uh, making good decisions on offense. So I think uh, him being back helps them a little bit because um, he had football in, in the morning. So I didn't get to see them him play against Scott, but yeah, they've got a lot of guys like uh, we talked about. Elijah, he's talented. Now he's got to figure out. All right, how can you consistently? Um, perform and put that talent to Yeah, it was interesting, right? Flow. Because you saw him against Westside. He had the – so it was like about middleway through the third quarter where he single-handedly went on like a 9-0 run. Yeah. The great pull-up, the, the the three from the top of the key. But then conversely, in the first half, it's like, yeah, you got to take better care of the basketball. Like, you can't do that, right? Like, And I've seen that with ETG. Very streaky, but very capable. Yeah. I think for him it's the six inches between his ears because he's athletic enough. Yeah. So, and with the additions uh, in the front court with Caleb Steele and Paxson Piotkowski, I think this is a team that's they're going to have to be better in the second half of the season than they are in the first, especially new coach. Uh, obviously, I mean, Etz has been around. Like, it's not not a guy he, coming in no, fresh. God, he, but, he is so good. Yeah. But they've, they've 
that's a team that I think is going to have to come together and grow. And you're going to have to have those guys grow into those uh, those roles once you play through the kind of the grind of an actual season where they're scouting reports every night. Um, you've got defenses that are game plan against you. you got to figure out how to kind of play through that and still be effective. So Miller North is a team that I think will have a chance to be there in the end. Um, I don't know that they're going to be uh, the best team in the state uh, early on. In the I think they're going to have to – earn their way up into that, that, that echelon. As I'm sure we're going to get the music here shortly. Uh, Westview. Yeah. Congrats to Coach Runko and that staff. First official sort of win. Uh, knocked off Benson in the, hey, the varsity they, league. Hey, listen, they, play, they play hard. They gave Westside a good first probably eight, nine minutes. Now they kind of ran out of yeah. gas over time, and they, they lacked the physicality. But they, they have some skill. And they competed against Platteview as well in the second game after beating Benson. They they Did were in it. Did you tweet the, the word surprising? Uh, surprising Westview bunch or surprising? No, I just, I, I just said congrats. Uh, I, I, they said they uh, gave them a good fight. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's uh, what it was. They were in that game. They, it was like five seven uh, throughout the last ten minutes. It's like, are they going to have a chance to make a run here? And they couldn't quite get the stop or the bucket they needed to. But um, with uh, Taven Zephyr Murphy, John Sims, like, Carson I, Healy. I like Taven. Uh, they they've got some. They're incredibly young. Obviously, uh, they're starting with some really young guys. But that with a, a coach like Runko, that 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 team's gonna have a chance to to be good down the road in a couple of years here. Um, last highlight I want to say is just watching Wahoo in that team camp. I think Cameron Kosiski is a guy that's ready for a much bigger role for them. Is this the year for? I've said it the last two years. Is this the year for Wahoo? They they handled that camp without, and they only had two of their six main rotation players because Coach Sheaf decided to split his guys up and only play a few in this one to give the younger guys a chance to play with them. And then the other half will play in a different camp, and then they'll all play together and some other things. But um, Owen Hancock and Cameron Kosiski were the only kind of main guys for them that were there. And uh, Kosiski was probably the most consistently good player other than uh, Washington, I only saw him play one game throughout that, that weekend or throughout the day on Monday. So, um, yeah, Wahoo's going <laughs> to preseason number one in that class, and uh, they're they're going to be tough to beat this year once you got everybody there because you got Benji Nelson. And I um, think they can play. Marcus yeah. Glock. Now, um, will he play eight? They can definitely play eight. Oh, for sure. Hey, that's this week. It's Nebraska Preps post game. We got in a good 30-some-odd minutes. We'll be back next week. Don't you dare miss it if you're not subscribing. Why? That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. Back after this. A Hoodat Media Production.